Okay, welcome everybody. Good afternoon. This is Pushing Rubble Podcast, episode 124. I am your host with the most, Adam Piggott, coming to you on a rainy Sunday afternoon in Holland in November, November rain. This is where I start playing some Guns N' Roses because fuck the Beatles. Uh, I hate that band. Um, have, I ever, have I ever mentioned how much I've always hated the Beatles with every fibre of my being? And when I say the hate, I mean hate, probably hate, like proper hate. Like, um, like, like how much I hated broccoli when I was a kid. Yeah. I hated the Beatles just as much, but now I really like broccoli, but I hate the Beatles even more. So it'd have to be the Gunners version of, uh, of that song, which is all right, but it's still a Beatles song. So, uh, uh, people always say, people always say you're going to be a Beatles fan or you're a Rolling Stones fan. I don't really like the Rolling Stones. I'll put up with the Rolling Stones. I'll put up with the Rolling Stones. And that's only because of Keith Richards. Um, And also, they had a great rhythm guitarist on about three or four albums in the early, early 70s. I can't remember what his name was, but he was phenomenal. And then he left of his own accord because he didn't like him anymore because he thought Mick Jagger was a douchebag, apparently. Who would have thought it? Um, so I come up with a couple of their albums. A few of their albums in the early 70s were right. Um, I picked up... I actually do own one. Hang on, let me check which one it is. It's on LP. Hang on. Uh, Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. Uh, I picked that up on LP um, because I, I thought, oh, I've got to own a Stones album and I'd heard good things about it. I think I've played it like three or four times. That's it. Uh, it's hard to get into. They sound, I don't know, like lobotomized drug addicts trying to play the blues. Which apparently is probably pretty accurate, I'd say. Um, but they're still nowhere as near as offensive as the Beatles are. Oh, God, I hate the Beatles. I hate the Beatles. Um, I suppose the Beatles are the ultimate boomer band, aren't they? Yeah. The Beatles are what started it all. Thanks, Beatles. Two of you are rotten in hell, two to go. Um, even the drummer gets it. Uh, this is episode 124. I didn't do an episode last week. It's been a stressful period for yours truly. Uh, restructuring at work and all this other stuff. And it's been uh, a bit much. And last weekend, I did not have it in me at all. Uh, this weekend's a bit better because yesterday I went out and had our first uh, day of the hunting season. It was kind of like a pre-hunt. There was only five or six of us there. Um... Drove up to the north of Holland, about an hour from where I am. Um, moody, rainy day, not too cold though. And um, we got the little hunting hut up there. I fired up the wood stove and then managed to burn my hand or my fingers on my hand. A good one too, because the 
the handle that you use to open the wood stove is not insulated. Uh, and so I got the fire going beautifully. And about half an hour later, I thought, oh, I'll put another log in and just went. And when I grabbed it, you actually heard my fingers sizzle like like that. You know it's going to be a good burn when that happens. Left hand, mainly on the uh, inner, inner side of my thumb towards my index finger. And then a bit on the index finger as well, but not as bad as I thought. That's not going to blister, but... The thumb has but I um so I teach first aid occasionally when I have to and one of the things we teach is burns and uh, the rule is put it under uh, running water it should be tepid but if you've only got cold you've only got cold so you use that anyway uh, the reason it should be tepid is when it's really cold that kind of you know inhibits how uh, the burn heals but uh, we say minimum of 20 minutes but if you can do longer than that then the better it is because the human or mammals in general uh, give off a lot of heat after they're burnt you'd be you'd be you'd be amazed and stunned at how much heat your body gives off so i stuck my fingers under uh, running water it was cold running water for about 25 minutes and i made sure to look on my watch because most people stick it under for a couple of minutes at most and that's not going to help you at all uh, I did 25 minutes and that's as long as I could do because we had to get going on the hunt. Uh, and I think that's that's made a massive difference. I would have liked to have had another 15 minutes. 40 minutes would have been, I think, just about right. But it's pretty good today. So it hurt a bit yesterday. But anyway, soldiered on, gloves over the top. Uh, off we went. We got uh, two large hare, three ducks, and one very unlucky fox. Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, uh, which we had to uh, drill with a, a, a rifle because all we had was shotguns. Um, great day. We, we didn't start till late. We, normally we get out there about nine, but we started at one. And like I said, there was only five or six of us. And uh, yeah, just, um, just a very, very, very nice afternoon. A bit sore today across my shoulders from carton. Uh, hair around large hair because uh, uh, i still don't have my uh shooting license in holland i'm still got to sit my exam which is incredibly difficult very very difficult you've got a written exam all in dutch where you literally have to identify like 50 different pieces of poop uh or something like that uh it gives it gives native dutch speakers a real run for their money so um christ knows that we've got an architect american architect from boston <coughs> Uh, excuse me, in our group, he's a lovely guy, and he said that uh, that written exam was harder than any architecture exam he ever had to do. Then you've got to do a clay pigeon shoot, you've got to hit 18 out of 25, and then you've got to do a test where you walk through an area and they, and they send these things over the top of you on, on lines, and you've got, to, you've got to you know swing and shoot, but some of them you can't shoot because... They're like little little girls with pigtails on and stuff like that. But you can't hold your fire all the time. You've got to hit a solid eight shots in a certain amount of time. So pressure's on. Uh, so I'll be doing that next year. So for this season, I'm just beating, uh, which means, you know, making lots of noise, hitting the ground, uh, spotting the uh, hairs and carting them around because if the hunter shoots one, and then he has to carry it. Well, then he can't shoot anymore. So, so I, I'm I'm king of the beaters at the moment. But they're very keen for me to get my my shooting license down there. We need your firepower, Adam. 
is what one of the main guys said to me yesterday, and I was I was thrilled to pieces, thrilled to pieces when he said that. Uh, who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be? So no tunes on the guitar because the fingers are hurting. Um, let's get right to it, shall we? I put a article up this week called "Mothers Teach Your Daughters," which was kind of a um, uh, a backup article to the Fathers Teach Your Sons article that I put out about a year ago. Um, and in it, I basically said that uh, it's incumbent on mothers to be able to guide and teach the daughters um, because girls just don't listen uh, to men in that regard. But they are definitely worried about the sisterhood uh, frowning upon them. If there's one thing to get a, a young girl to freeze or even a young lady to freeze in a tracks, it's a disapproval of the sisterhood. Um, however, I left something implicit, um, which on reflection after a comment on the article, uh, I should have, I should have actually clarified. In my defense, I wrote it at five o'clock in the morning before going to work on a very stressful week, and I've been trying to ping an article out every day for you guys. Um, but often what I do is I'll sketch something briefly the night before while I'm really tired, go to bed, alarm goes off at five, shower, shave, coffee. By then it's about 20 past five in the morning. I sit down, look at what I got the night before and see whether or not, and I've, I've got till about five to six to make it happen. Um, so it's a bit of a pressure thing. So on this one, I kind of, didn't hit it the way I wanted to. Uh, IKR, um, who's a regular commenter, um, I'll read out his comment because it's, um, it's 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 very important. Uh, author, that's me, applies the wrong conclusion in the case of this, there, for that. Uh, it is the presence of the father that establishes the standard and upholds it. It is the mother who demonstrates proper execution and comes alongside the child. A rebuke from the mother is fine. But it is nevertheless a rebuke made in response to the standard established by the standard bearer, in other words, the father. Uh, without the father, the treatment the girls give him, they would give their mother instead. Without question, mothers are important, but the fallacy is, like all women make, removing the male from the equation and thus coming to a false conclusion. Biblically, we understand that Christ has authority because he's under the Father's authority. A man has authority because he's been placed there by the Creator. When a woman is not under authority, which the Father finds disgusting, and he's quoted Corinthians 11.6, she has no authority. This is why single mother homes breed monstrosities. There is no authority to be found. A woman is a weak standard bearer, useful in temporary niche applications. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely right. And look, I think... Um, if I'd written that article and when I had when I had the whole day free to work on it, um, I'm confident I would have put that caveat in there. Um, so, um, but you know that's why um, I, I I I honestly believe I got some of the best commenters on the internet um, that I've seen. Um, I uh, I often rely on you guys to fill in the gaps. Pick me up if I miss something. Um, just, just outstandingly uh, good quality comments consistently from people. Um, I mean, I get probably between ten and twenty comments on a, on an article, but 
but the vast majority of them are a top class stuff. Um, I'm I'm a bit in despair at XYZ magazine, which I've supported with my articles for, for a few years now, because their comment section has just gone to shit um, with just, you know, just your standard Jew memes being put up all the time. It's just old, you know. I mean, I, I can't... There's nothing There's nothing intellectual happening down there, which is a real shame. And I don't know how David Hiscox, the editor, is going to turn it around. Hopefully he can. Uh, also, Butterchurn Girl, who was a uh, female commenter, uh, whose comment originally um, I took to start the article, chimed in. Um, in response to IKR's comment, and she agreed with him as well. My, as she said, my rebuke to my daughters is meaningless without my husband's leadership. He is the head of the family. The girls listen to him and obey. However, they are both very pretty and very charming, and the world has taught them that they can get away with murder, so they try every single time. I slap them down because they know they can't sway me with girlish charm, and they fear the social ostracism that comes along with the wrath of mum. What they're doing is trying and failing to divide and conquer um, so Butterchurn Girl sounds like a woman who's got her head half screwed on correctly, which is nice to see. Um, she was very reticent to comment on my website because she knows it's a website for men, uh, which is exactly how I like it. If the women are reticent to comment, then their comments will be on point, on topic, and, and hopefully on target, which is how I want it. So uh, for the women who comment on the blog and are tiptoeing around whether or not I'm going to be uh, on board or not, that's exactly the position I want you to be in so we can get good stuff like this and not, you know, stupid female rubbish. So thanks all around to uh, commenters on my blog with that article in particular. Um, some really good, um, really good stuff there. Uh, and um, yeah, once again, um, some of the best uh, commenters on the internet. Now, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was my article yesterday titled Scotland Reveals a Lie at the Heart of Civic Nationalism, which is basically uh, the Scottish Stalinist Marxist um, uh, dictator and waiting Nicola Sturgeon, a woman named after a fish, has asked for native Scots living abroad even uh, born overseas to Scottish people, born overseas to Scottish parents to come back to Scotland to help make Scotland great again in a Stalinist in a style, not a Trump style. No, don't get me wrong. Um, if a Donald Trump emerged in Scotland and said, uh, can Scottish people come back, uh, make Scotland great again? Uh, I'd seriously consider that. But when a Stalinist, Stalinist wannabe, uh, who on top of it is a female, says it, well, pff, that ain't happening. Um, because I love Scotland. Don't get me wrong, I love Scotland. Um, got married in Scotland. I know, still ex-wife and blah, 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 and I won't go into that, but it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the fact that um, I find Scotland to be um, very, very... a place I feel very much... very much at home. My father was born in Scotland in the Second World War, uh, in 1942 to an Australian uh, my grandfather was in the Australian Air Force and my brother, my grandmother of course was a Scottish young Scottish lady in a town called Ayr on the west coast and um, at the end of the war the three of them came back to Australia and settled in 
my grandfather's native town of Lithgow, coal mining town up in the Blue Mountains, which must have been a hell of a shock to my grandmother, um, who spoke with a very thick Scottish drawl till the day she died, and she lived well into her 90s, and her mum hit 103. So we've got some longevity going there on the old Scot side. Um, so technically, I'm one of the people that Nicholas Sturgeon is looking for to come back and make um, make her taxpayers great again, which is what she's after. She wants more tax dollars. That's it. Um, she, of course, wants to stay in the EU so Scotland can remain independent, which is you know the, the funniest thing. One of the funniest things I've heard this year. Uh, and uh, one of the most incoherent things that I've uh, heard this year. But hey, it's a female politician. What do you, what do you want? Um, but basically what I said in the article was that um, this call for Australian Scots or Scottish people living in Australia to be part of a new independent Scotland um, bellies the great lie at the heart of civic nationalism because um, what she wants is Scottish people by blood to come back. And I thought, as soon as I read this in the show, I just went, aha, aha, aha. There we go. There we go. As I wrote, she didn't want Protestants to come back. She didn't want Nigerians go over there. Uh, she didn't ask any old Australians to come over and might feel the urge. No, she specifically requested people who tied to Scotland by Scottish bloodlines. Uh, blood, as I said, blood is th indeed thicker than paper. The paper being the uh, citizenship that people wave around. I'll never forget a taxi ride I took in Melbourne a few years ago from uh, my house at the time to the airport. A taxi rocked up at the door, ordered a taxi. Of course, it was an Indian taxi driver on one of those 457 visas, which were intended for jobs that ordinary Australians couldn't fill. I don't know, brain surgeons, rocket scientists, uh, flamenco dancers, that sort of stuff. You know, you get the picture. Um, taxi drivers, hmm. Anyway, you, you, if, you, if you call a taxi in, uh, in Melbourne, you're getting an Indian. Uh, oh, yes, sir, very much. Sir. Put your bags in the back. Very good, sir. Very good. And he was a fucking useless driver and a thief to boot because as we went through the, the tunnel on the freeway um, near South Yarra where I lived, he was in the far left lane, which was going to take us uh, not where we wanted to be. And so from the back seat, I leaned forward and said, uh, where I was sitting with my ex-wife, I leaned forward and said, no, mate, you want to be over in those right lanes. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking mate. He just turns the wheel and shoots across in a tunnel in a freeway, turns the wheel and shoots across. I tell you what, I could have killed the prick. I could have killed him. I was absolutely furious at his dangerous driving. Because uh, I don't like driving in cars driven by other people. I like to be in control. I like to be the one driving. Yeah. Um, I'm an I'm a I'm well known as a very good driver. I drove Aaron Clary and the Great One around, and I stuck within about five miles an hour to the fucking speed limit, 
because where I come from, if you don't do that, you lose your license. And I was down there for work, and Claire's going to go, <laughs> but he's just twirling my chain. This this is the man who has a panic attack, you know, when he when he has a drink of alcohol and his liver feels funny. But anyway, whatever. Um, ha ha ha. So I'm furious with this taxi driver. And, and long story short, he ends up. I'm just arguing with him at the back, and he's driving, and he, and he starts arguing back at me. And then he pushes his panic button, and suddenly there's this voice, which I didn't know about, but suddenly there's this voice coming through the cab, like, uh, yes, sir, something, something, we have you on visual now with the disturbance in your cab. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. You must be fucking kidding me. You try and, 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 and prolong the journey, causing me to be late to get extra money. So you're a thief or a con artist. You're then a dangerous driver. Then you're arguing with me about it. And then after you do all that, you push the panic button that I'm the bad guy. I, was, I could have strangled the freak. He pushed the panic button because at a certain point he goes, I am an Australian. And I looked at him and went, I said, no, you're not. You're from India, mate. He goes, ah, he got very upset. Very upset. Very upset with me. And, uh, no, 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 I have a piece of paper. I have the piece of paper that says I'm a citizen. His accent, of course, wasn't like that. Ah, no, sir, I have the piece of paper. I have the piece of paper that says I'm an Indian, I'm an Australian citizen. Yes, I am. And I was just like, yeah, I don't care what pieces of paper you're throwing around, mate. You're not Australian. You're not even close. Not even close. Anyway, we managed to get to the airport. Don't know how, but we did. Probably that, that journey was probably one of the reasons my uh, ex-wife divorced me. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and that's the old civic nationalism thing, right? Now, look, I know you're probably sitting there going, you know, I read your article, Adam, while you're crapping on about it. Well, well there's, an, there's, an, there's another place we can go. There's another place we can go because Z-Man has an article out. I haven't been um, reading Z-Man the last few weeks because he's been getting a bit repetitive. The feature of Buckley conservatism. Thus began every Z-Man article ever. The features of Buckley conservatism is that uh, Buckley conservatism... <laughs> can't do it mate i can't do it i can't do it if he starts off one more article all right for every article in the future that the z-man starts off saying future of buckley conservatism uh i'm gonna kill a kitten with my mind with the power of the mind like i'm just gonna look at a kitten and it, it will it will die it will explode in a puff so watch out z-man as a feature of Buckley conservatism is that uh, Buckley conservatism Fucking hell. I know, I know, I know, I know where he's at. It's like you play the guitar. And you play the guitar well, like me. And but you don't play with other musicians for a while, for years. And so what happened is you pick up the guitar, and every time you pick up the guitar, you play the same songs, the same few songs. Your hands will go straight to it because you're not getting challenged. You're not getting the back and forth. And that's where Z-Man is. 
he's kind of he's 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 flitting the broken record um kind of thing at the moment but anyway he put out an article today called past of the future that did not start with the sentence <clears throat> Uh, his opening uh, sentence was, in fact, a bad habit dissidents have inherited from conservatives is to... He's still got the word conservatives in the first sentence there. Is to instinctively dispute the claims made by our enemies. If uh, um, Look, I'll, I'll link it. Here's what he's basically saying. He's saying that we've brought in so many immigrants to countries like Australia and, and the US now. We've brought in so many ignorant immigrants. So the, so let's just focus on Australia. So we've brought in so many, so many immigrants to Australia that are incompatible. So many Chinese, so many Southeast Asians. Um, just, just millions of them. Millions of them that now it's not Australia. Um, which means that as Australians, we don't have obligation to uh, other people in Australia as a country. And what I mean is that, let's say war breaks out now and Australia goes to war against Ecuador. Just to throw one out there. Don't know why that would happen. Let's say we do. And it's imperative that we defend Australia. Myself as a native Anglo-Saxon Australian, even having, even though I've got a quarter of Scotch, Scott descent there, that Nicola Sturgeon wants me back. Look, if I went to war to defend Australia in, in World War Two, then I would be defending defending Australian as Australia as a as a nation uh, connected by blood. Um, but if so. It, it has it has meaning. If Australia goes to war now and I go to fight for Australia, I'm fighting to defend a whole few million Chinese and Indians who are living in Australia and apparently uh, are citizens uh, much the same as myself. See, our ruling class have just given away our citizenship to whoever would rock up with a pulse and the money for a university degree. And as such, they've made citizenship essentially worthless. It means nothing. So now we're in the situation where can you actually be a traitor? Can you betray Australia at the moment? I don't think you can. I don't think it's possible to be a traitor. So Sam DeStarcy was uh, a uh, no-good immigrant politician, I think in an Italian background or a Greek background or something, who uh, in New South Wales was basically in cahoots with the Chinese 
and got found out and he was a Labour lefty politician and you won't believe it, he actually had to resign, which never happens on that side of politics, but he did. Um, but can we honestly say that he is a traitor? Has he sold out Australians? Because there's like four or five million Indians and Chinese in Australia. I mean, who is he? I mean, what's he selling out? You know what I mean? The aliens who have rocked up in our country. Uh, well, as Z-Man says, in the propositional nation, everyone's an alien. The country is just an ad hoc, ad hoc collection of people interacting with one another as economic units. So all our relationships are transactional, which means no one's an Australian because anyone can be one. And if no one's an Australian, then Australia doesn't exist. And if Australia doesn't exist, I'm not going to fight for it if it goes to war. And if Australia doesn't exist, I can't be a traitor that country either. Because Australia as a nation doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. Um, as uh, There was a great line from Z-Man. It turns out that anarcho-tyranny is not so much a result of managerial managerialism, but the inevitable result of post-nationalism. In a world solely governed by material relations, sacrifice becomes just another relic of the past. Um... The rulers don't feel a natural duty to the people over whom they rule. Of course they don't, because half of them are from India and China. If you don't believe those figures, look at the last Australian census. The last Australian census had 34% of the population born overseas. 34%, one in three people. And if you factored in a parent who was born overseas, it went up to 50%. So Z-Man concludes by saying, accepting post-nationalism is the ultimate red pill. Once you come to terms with the fact that there is no convincing the people in charge to respect your citizenship, you realise there's no going back to the civic nationalist model. Instead, the way forward is through the oldest form of nationhood. That's where a nation is defined by a people with a common heritage and a common set of ancestors. The way forward is to go back to the most basic form of human organisation, the nation. Which means that we are in for a few decades of a fucking bloodbath. Australia will be carved up. Australia will settle around racial lines. The Aborigines will be fucked. In a war between an ad hoc Indian nation based around Victoria an ad hoc Chinese nation based around New South Wales, um, Aborigines are in deep trouble. Deep trouble. You'll be wishing we were climbing Ayers Rock. It's how they're right now, but, you know, they're a bunch of idiots. What can you expect? Um, and so when we, when we take this now with... Uh, the Scottish uh, Prime Minister Nicola Sturgeon, or Premier, whatever she is, uh, wanting native Scots by blood to come back. I mean, she said this and she hasn't realised what she said because she's stupid. 
but she's instinctively gone this way. I mean, she hasn't called out, oh, I want all Nigerians, as many Nigerians as possible to emigrate to Scotland because we need you to make our country great again. She's not saying that because, well, as everyone knows, you know, your, your, your average IQ down there ain't that high. By the way, I, I want to point something. I, I, I wrote that article a while back, Africans really are stupid, and honestly, it's one of my most hit articles consistently week after week after week. But gee, I've, I've worked with some smart Africans in my time. Really razor sharp. But God, they are rare. God, they are rare. And I, I met one the other day. And uh, he seemed pretty open. And I had a chat to him about the general IQ of the country of his birth. And he rolled his eyes. And I said, what's it like to be as smart as you are? Because you're basically as smart as I am. And, but you're in that. And he goes, oh, you have no idea how bad it is. And I said, no, I do have a good idea because I lived in Uganda for a few years. And he goes, no, no, you were still there as a white guy. You were still there as a Mzungu. You've got no idea, no idea what it's like to actually be a native uh, African from one of the countries there. I won't say which country he's from. Uh, and... And be surrounded by the stupidity level. It's 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 insanity, complete insanity, literally insanity. So Nicola Sturgeon uh, is actually right to call ethnic Scots to come home. As regards to Australian ethnic Scots, I think that's different. I mean, if we've got a bunch of ethnic Scots living in China, what are you doing there? Go back to Scotland. But Australia was founded by the British Empire. So Scots, Welsh, English and Irish are the Australian uh, foundation. The United Kingdom base is what uh, Australia was based upon um, by bloodlines. It's not based upon the Dutch or Germans or the French or any other of uh, the white European nations. Um, it's based on the UK, uh, and what the United Kingdom was made up at that time. So, in that sense, um, in that sense, for people who were born from those, so I'm talking about UK people who came out in the 19th century, in the late 18th century, and let's say the beginning of the 20th century. UK people who came out in 1985 because uh, Thatcher closed down their coal mill, that, sorry, you're not Australian. You're not. You're a POM. Okay? 10 pound POM. That's what we called you in the 60s. You're a 10 pound POM. Uh, and yeah, you can go back. You can definitely go back. All you need to know where someone's from is who they barrack for at the World Cup. Whether it's rugby or football, whatever it is. Which flag do they wave at the World Cup? That's where they should be. That's where they belong. Hang on, I can smell my uh, coffee casserole. Hang on. I'm cooking my um, cooking my Italian spicy pork sausage and bean casserole, which I haven't cooked in a few years because I can never find the right sausages. 
God damn it, I found them yesterday. They are sensational, just what we needed. And this thing is smelling amazing, and it's only been going for an hour. I've got three hours to go. Uh, I've put this actually up on my um, on my on my website as a Sunday cooking thread. And from now on, Sunday is either uh, cooking or weightlifting or men's fashion or hunting or fishing or you know ah just something that's not. Civic nationalism or a feature of Buckley conservatism. Um, or something like that. Um, so look, I'll link, uh, I'll link Z-Man's article. I think it's, uh, it's a really, really, really important one to have a look at in the context, too, of what I wrote about yesterday. Um, I think they're they're definitely, uh, of course, they're interrelated. They're both talking about um, about uh, about civic nationalism. Um, but when you get into the nitty gritty of it, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, if half your country is from China or India, then why would you go fight for your country? If half your country is from China or India, then how can you be treasonous? How can you be? How can you commit treason? against several million people born in India and China. How can you do that? I don't care what piece of paper they're waving around uh, that says that they are a citizen. It just doesn't make any, uh, any logical sense. And this will, this will come to the fore in the next few years where we will have incidents like base predicated on this background, on this basis, Maybe someone will be, you know, accused of being traitor by the government, Australian government, tried and will actually say, well, no, I'm not because Australia as a, a nation doesn't exist anymore because you guys, have, uh, you guys have destroyed it, so how can I be a traitor to it? Or it'll be a violent thing, something like that. But it's definitely going to start happening. So you've heard it from the Z-Man and you've heard it from me first. Uh, and that's where you want to be. Um, so that's what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I hope it was of interest to you. Um, I also think that the stressful times at my work, hopefully going back to a normal level from now on. So, uh, I can get a podcast out every week. If, if I can't manage it, then, uh, I'll get it out every two weeks, but we'll see how we go. Um, shout outs, Captain Capitalism, Aaron Clary, who's not sick anymore. Um... He's going to reduce his workload a bit. I gave him a bit of shit. I rang him up and I said, look, I know you're talking about reducing your workload, but you don't actually work like a, like a, like a, like a, a 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. job, which is what I do. Uh, you play golf a lot. You go on hikes, bike rides, that sort of thing. Uh, but at the same time, giving Clary uh, you know, shit and all that, at the same time, I get where he's at. He still works hard. He's just... See, Clary is one of these people who can't relax, who can't just sit on the couch for a couple of days and veg, just veg out, you know. Um, and I think he's learning to do that. I think this little sickness has made him go, okay, I need to balance my life. You've got to balance your life out. It's like, it's like weight, how much you weigh, whether you're overweight or not. It's not about exercise. Because uh, exercise doesn't cause you to lose weight. It's about um, 
nutrition. It's about what you eat. And it's not about diet. Because if you're on a diet, if you're on a diet, if you're following any diet at all, you're doing it wrong. That might sound that might sound pretty wacky, but I swear, if you are on a diet, you're doing it wrong. All you need to do is eat nutritious, nicely cooked food three times a day and don't snack between meals. So no sugar, candy, lollies, stuffing your face all day, all the rest of it. That's all you need to do. Nutritious meals three times a day. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. Make lunch the big one. Make dinner the smaller one. And if you can't do that, then eat dinner at least three hours before you lay down and go to bed so the food can actually digest and not rot in your stomach. That's all you need to do. It's the same with it's the same with your, your work life balance as regards to how stressed you are and that sort of thing. And look I get that because the last couple of weeks I've been stressed. I've been stressed and so I've pulled back. I'm uh, I'm actually taking tomorrow off work. I'm taking tomorrow off work. I want a three day weekend. Use one of my holiday days. I don't care. And I might do the next week after that as well. I just need a little bit of a you gotta you gotta listen to the old bod, but you gotta be in front of it. You can't just listen to the old bod in the sense of when the old bod says, Oh, this is really fucked, I'm about to fall over, and then you start listening. No, you gotta be you gotta be anticipating the message. Uh, so shout out to Aaron Carey, Captain Capitalism, check him out uh, at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Check out his podcasts, books, uh, YouTube channel, and uh, pole dancing. Uh, weekly shows um, you can follow this podcast uh, you can't follow my blog at the moment because my follow button disappeared and like a month ago and I just haven't bothered putting it up that's how busy I've been maybe I should do that um, you can buy my books though Pushing Rubber Down Hill A Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures and Run Guts Pull Cones A Rafting Adventure in the Italian Alps if you haven't read them what are you waiting for? If you've read them, I hope you've reviewed them. If you haven't reviewed them on Amazon, what are you waiting for? Uh, this has been another Pigot Production Unlimited uh, awesomeness dose of sensational podcast brilliance. Um, don't you go changing. Hope you have a great week. Uh, try out my Italian spicy sausage casserole bean thing and uh, I'll see you. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao.